0: Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we celebrate the holidays with the Cali Chief, talking with Ryan Tracy from RGR Football and Locked On Chiefs. We also listen in on Wednesday's press conferences featuring Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and on the Raiders' side, John Gruden. So stay tuned as we turn your Black Friday into a Red Friday here on Chiefs Wire podcast. In his career, Chiefs head coach Andy has had plenty of success after a bye week. He shares his thoughts on the Chiefs' matchup with the Raiders and not looking past the team because of their loss to the Jets. What did you make of the the Raiders' performance at the the Jets? That was a little out of character to be that
3: far gone. Was just a bad day for
4: them? Uh, Well, we know what kind of team they are, so we've got to make sure that we prepare ourselves for a good football team.
5: With, uh, with Hindo Fuller, how much of the last couple weeks was just trying to manage him so that maybe he could play without such a big catch, yeah. which I know we kind of saw in practice uh, before the Charger game?
4: Yeah, yeah, that was a part of it, um, for sure. Um, just want to make sure he can function and not put himself in a bind, so he's feeling pretty good right now. <clears throat> and um, I, I think that'll help him. Mean, this is kind of a second go-around with it, too, so he tried to power through the last time and... and uh, And this time, I I think just getting it settled where where he feels good with it, I think, is important.
5: Coach, with with Damian Williams uh, not practicing today, I know he recently signed Elijah McGuire. How much of that was because of Williams? What do you
3: like about McGuire? I know y'all, he was one of your 60 formal interviews back in
4: 2015. Yeah, Yeah, so he's kind of interchanged the practice squad with different guys. He's kind of rolled it. And this wasn't as much about our running backs i mean we're pretty we feel pretty comfortable with our running backs and and that but uh it's more um to give them we we liked him and so give him an opportunity see see what he can do and uh and then i guess if we needed him we could do that he doesn't know the offense right now so um when you think back to that
6: time in 2017 during the interview process what, what do you remember about
5: him
4: that stood out? Yeah, so, and, and I've gone back and looked at tape on him too, uh, on that Herbie. So, I, I think he uh, he's a strong runner, real strong core uh, runner, and um, he's got good feet, vision. Um, I, you know, I think he, he you know he would be a nice fit in this offense down the road somewhere. He, you know, he does some of the things that I think are important for for this offense. And
5: okay. something to, to follow up on from Monday. You sort of mentioned the mental aspect that Trevor Arians Ford has had to sort of go through from being a guy on the, you know, learning the system, playing special teams, being a starter, having some playoff experience, and then obviously going through the full year as a starter. Just as a head coach, is that one of the more uh, understated enjoyments of coaching? Is seeing a player not only just physically do it, but have the mental capacity to sort of understand the bigger picture, especially playing that position.
4: Yeah, so I, look, and you see that with some defensive players, um, wide receivers, you see it. But I, I think what they learn, and this is where having a real good special teams coach helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those guys that are young and are, they, they learn the speed of the game, they learn angles. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the secondary plan, that's such a big part of it. Well, you learn that on special teams. Um, receivers, you know, same, same type of deal. Learning how to play in space um, and your awareness, so the, the speed of the game—I think—are all things that you can pick up. And Tobes stresses all that stuff. So uh, you get the same way with linebackers; they get a feel of that, and um, that can that can take a young guy and help grow him without him taking defense or offensive reps. And uh, so when they have an opportunity, they can they can show a little bit.
0: Andy,
3: anything over the bye week that you wanted to look at from a standpoint that you said you might
4: want to kind of try to clean up or, or change coming in the last month? Uh, the thing, you know, the thing I mentioned Monday was just penalties. I mean, fixing those. I mean, that's something we can work on. And and, and the other things. Are, I mean, there are other things, but I'm not going to get into those. But I mean, the, the one that really jumps out at you is just taking care of the penalties. And uh, and, and so um, that's your fundamentals and. Uh, discipline those kind of things and there's a point where you, if a guy gets an edge on you you don't want to snaggle them and grab them uh, and so you got to discipline yourself not to do that as easy as it is to do uh, whatever position it is um, we've got we've had them all over the place so um, you know you got you to discipline yourself and then work your feet and and uh, Getting angles so. on things. Couple more guys. You're
5: Seventeen and three, coming off the bye. What was
4: the stat that impressive? Yeah, I I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't know that. I didn't know that number. I know that it. You know, it's, I've been asked that before, but I, I wasn't sure of the number. But I, that uh, I don't know. I don't know that. Anything you've learned as a coach that might help <clears throat> the players maybe not feel as much pressure and give them some time off or what's in that? Yeah, well, I've always given them time off. Now the league, uh, you know, that you're told to do that now. So, um, uh, but I've always done that. And uh, so I it's not, that part's not, I don't know. I, I don't know that. <laughs> I just want to, you know, you want to make sure you're on to the next game. So those are loaded questions. You know, that, you got to take care of business right now. It seems
5: so rare to passing off. Mexico, is there anything, and
4: maybe it a little bit off that is there anything Yeah, so I, th- this is where I think some penalties get into uh, the other way. You took your first three series, so we, we had uh, penalties on second, third drive, you had interception on the, on the second drive. So normally, when we're playing, normally we do okay first two, three drives. You know, you're normally coming out, with, we got no points it was uh and we shot ourselves in the foot so you go back and you look at it as a coach am i calling the right things are we executing it the right way um and and that's how you analyze it (coughs) so uh you know the week before even though we had 500 and how many every yards to be punished you get down the red, you get a touchdown taken away you can't do those things right so um you got to make sure that you answer uh, answer that and get that fixed so when what the question of what so, I mean, you take care of that, and, and it's a little more smooth of an operation.
5: Last two were Nate Pinnell. the some veteran guys come into this team at the middle of the year. Some guys, you know, play better than others. Just What have you seen from Mike Pinnell that has allowed him to sort of be more seamless, it appears, at least to us in terms of his production the moment you brought him in?
4: Yeah, listen, he's a big kid, um, so he's strong physically. He He wants to get in there and play. I mean, he's... Went to a smaller school and he's achieved at this level and and um, he, he he's got a good way about him I and he's very into every practice every snap which I think is important um, that would be what jumps out at me and he's done a solid job in there um, so that's why we felt comfortable putting him in last one out and he uh Sammy Watkins had that big game down in Jacksonville and hadn't been as productive since. What, what's happened to him and how do you get him back maybe to be in? Yes, I really liked his production last week. I, I mean, he really helped us uh, um, there. I mean, some of those moves that he made a couple times, one of which was on his brother, I think. And I mean, they they, they I thought he came off a really nice, nice game. And, uh, and then I think it's just being healthy from there. So he's he's feeling pretty good right now. And um, so you know, just keeping him in that that spot I think is is important.
0: Patrick Mahomes knows a little thing or two about being the best quarterback in the NFL. He goes in and shares his thoughts on Lamar Jackson and the incredible season he's had with the Baltimore Ravens.
6: We always talk about the even keelness of the, of the season. You can't get too high, too low after wins and losses, that sort of thing, but this game's first place. Is there a different sense when you, when you play in a, like a division opponent this late in the season with stakes like this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially playing the Raiders. I mean, that they're the rivalry that we have here has been a good one for a long time. Uh, kind of uh, being for first place in the division and really like being able to kind of set yourself up for the rest of the season is definitely going to be a, a big one. And so we're excited about the opportunity to get to play at Arrowhead. We haven't been here in a while. I haven't got to play here in, it seems like, two months now. So I'm excited to be able to play in front of our fans and they get to play against a great opponent. I know that you're obviously not into
2: the comparisons, but it's been like this conversation all week, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, after we did on, on Monday. Is it was just fun to be part of that conversation, with Jackson, you know, Mahomes,
6: Watson, that type of, who's the best you know, type of deal? Yeah, I think just the the league in general and the quarterbacks that are in this league right now and the quarterback play, I mean, it's such a at such a high level. And so you see every single year it seems like someone else is coming out and putting their stamp on on the game and how and how you can go about having success here and Lamar is playing at an extremely high level right now. Not only what he's able to do with his legs, but the way he's able to get in the pocket and hit these seam throws and hit these shots down the field. And you can understand that with the more and more experience he's gotten, he's really understanding what defenses are trying to do to him. And so I think just with him, he's playing at a great level right now. Like you said, Watson, Wilson, I mean, Brady, all these guys are playing at the, the top of the game, Rogers, And so for me just to just be a part of that and get to go about it every single day, it's, it's definitely exciting. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you
0: need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire podcast roundtable.
1: Hello Chiefs Kingdom and welcome to the Chiefs Wire Red Friday Roundtable for Raiders Week They're coming to town, those dirty, scarlet, knighted, <laughs> awful Raiders that we don't love in any way, shape, or form They're coming to our house where we usually beat them down Where Derek Carr is usually good for a couple interceptions a game And Sack Nation should be on full alert going to get him, they're coming off of a game where they were embarrassed. I think embarrassed is an accurate word, by the Jets of New York. They went in there expecting to, I think, probably roll, and the Jets said, nah, nah, I don't (laughs) think so. Not today. And, uh, yeah, that whole conversation of this game being set up to be Leading the AFC West and putting some space between us and the Raiders and with us in their rear view somehow, that conversation seems to have gone away a little bit, which I enjoy thoroughly because I never believed that conversation to begin with. I'm here today with my guest, Ryan Tracy from RGR Football and Locked On Chiefs podcast. How you doing today, Ryan? I'm hanging in, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to that big old turkey day tomorrow. I got some cooking to do tonight oh. and tomorrow morning. So I got the brine going about an hour ago, so my bird's right. drowning right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Everything's <laughs> just getting saturated with juices. I love yeah, it. Yeah, buddy. That's the way to do it. Uh, it's just me and the wife and my daughter this year, oh. so small little group. We're not going to go too crazy. My daughter wants green eggs and ham, oh. so I'll like figure it. that out. Hmm? I'll make that there happen. are worse things. That's <laughs> right. That's every dad's job is to make his little daughter's dreams come true. So um, going into this week, sir. Um, what first let's touch on that game. The Jets Raiders. Any uh, any lasting thoughts from that?
2: Oh, just that you'd never know. As much as the Chiefs have been kind of up and down with the, if the defense is mm-hmm. going to show which version. The Raiders are like that as a team. Um, did yeah. talk to the host on the lockdown network of the Raiders and, and he kind of feels the same way. doesn't know who's going to show up. Are they going to, are they going to pull a, um, back up against the wall, like come back, be ready to play, or are they just pretty much going to fold? Mm-hmm. I think one thing's going to be true is that John Gruden knows that they, he has to run the ball to win. Obviously being down so much early last week, took them out of that plan. Right. But the Chiefs got to jump on them yeah. just to make sure. Well, I think the last uh, three matchups and last year
1: it was in their house and I didn't get to hear the end of the game. I was watching a bit of the game, then had to get to set for an acting gig. And on the way there, the Raiders start rolling back and I'm like, this the big comebacks underway and I'm going to miss the end of this game. It was driving me nuts. And they fell short because there's just too much Mahomes and too much everything. Um, And then going into the last game in our house which was supposed to be their last Oakland Raider game, and then that changed over the offseason. Um, going into our house, everybody's like, oh, you know, so close last game, and the Raiders have improved, and they're going to go in there, and they're going to make it. And it was just like a, a water balloon against a cement wall. <laughs> our team just, in every facet of the game, just owned them. Yeah. And uh, then this last opening, what was it second week of the season this year? Mm-hmm. We're down 10 nothing early on, and then let the pigeons loose, it's just 28, boom, in one quarter, and then we just sit on them like a big brother on his little five-year-old brother saying, you don't get to get up until I say. Um, I don't know what to expect. Defensively, I just feel, uh, I think we've talked about this, I've talked about it with other people for sure, the Chiefs going up against any running attack that's not the Ravens or Derrick Henry has been, much better than advertised. Uh, the last four or five games, in fact, they're averaging allowing 93 yards a game. If you don't count that Titans explosion as far as rushing rushing yards allowed. Yeah, we've been getting gashed a bit on uh, screens and stuff, but we t- seem to let it happen early and then catch up with it later in the game. The only one that got away from us was that Packer game, and that was, you know, Aaron Rodgers having a renaissance night for some reason, and then he's just kind of just gacked down the stretch here it hasn't been he's been back to the old underachieving Aaron of the last three or four years yeah the turnovers didn't hurt that game
2: either to tell you the truth which one's that I was uh the, the Packer game yeah that last turnover um you know yeah other than that you could have seen that being a win so yeah I, I took a I took a bit of comfort away from that I was on a a cruise ship at the time. So right. I didn't get to hear the sound, yeah. but uh, I was throwing things. We all saw you're in the wife's feet up with the, with the drinky there.
1: It was nice. Um, right. But yeah, I <laughs> know that was, we had two dropped interceptions. I mean, Teron Matthews would have been amazing and it would have been an amazing catch. Cause it was really over the shoulder back in the end zone. But Breland's was like right there for the taking and yeah. had some open grass in front of him, but it didn't happen. And then the next week we beat the Minnesota Vikings who were supposed to trounce us with Matt Moore at quarterback. So, um, right. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens because Josh Jacobs is having a nice little rookie season. He's not Derrick Henry. He's not going to be imposing True. his physical will against our defensive line. Um, you were mentioning off air before we started talking about uh, we're getting, we might be getting some guys back.
2: Yeah, uh, just came out uh, before we we dropped this one that. uh Hill, Okafor and Fuller are going to practice on Wednesday And that's a positive sign Mm -hmm. It's not going to be huge, you know, going into the holiday and all that But they'll practice tomorrow as well And that is forward momentum And I'll take every bit they can give you Mm -hmm.
1: And even if we don't get them back until versus Patriots I am not treating this like a trap game I'm not looking past the Raiders I want to enjoy every moment of neck-stomping gloriousness From our Kansas City Chiefs (laughs) I want them to bury the Oakland Raiders I want them to go This is last year with an exclamation mark. This is really, really your last game as the Oakland Raiders in Arrowhead. You're going out losers. We're going to give you the big, fat, old roast beef L, and we're (laughs) going to send you on your merry way to Las Vegas. See ya. Because they're both primed for that. I don't don't have that innate fear or concern that the Raiders are going to somehow rise up. I think they'll try. I don't think they're going to. I think we'll get their best shot. I just don't think their best shot's good enough. And Andy coming out of a bye week, Pat Mahomes just. You know, getting healthier and healthier. Yeah, I just feel like there's going to be too much Chiefs for them.
2: Well, and the the thing about Mahomes too is, I, I think what you saw it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. Here, Eric, go have surgery, be out the majority of the season, and come back the one game you're going to play at like seventy eight hundred feet. Okay, uh-huh. and try to get all the rust knocked off at left tackle in one yeah, game. Yeah. So I feel like you're going to see a better game from Fisher this week too. Oh, for sure. And uh, is LDT back as well? LDT going to be in there? Yep. The question for me is, it going to be Wiz or, or a Reader? Uh, I'm hoping they make a change there, but I, I just I'm not going to cross my fingers.
1: I mean, if it was me, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a question. I'd be like, Austin, get healthy, get on the bike on the sideline, stay warm, right? Because we need you to back up left guard, center, and right guard. Absolutely. But Wiz is going to be out there tearing people up. Yeah. He's bringing a nastiness to the line that I think we need. No. Uh-huh. And him beside LDT, that can be like a buzzsaw for running the football. Those two. It's a big difference between them in pass protection than in run yeah. run offense. I think it just it's just they just grab onto people and start barrel rolling them down the hill.
2: Well, and for Wiz, it's angles. You know, I mean, the experience mm-hmm. is all that matters in his case because he's not as strong as he used to be. He's not as quick as he mm-hmm. used to be. But the sure. difference that he's able to actually perform just by knowing where and how to be, it makes a big difference. One well, thing
1: it too it goes for those guys inside the trenches, and I didn't, I never played those positions, but I respected those guys because I played a bit of tight end, I played a lot of receiver. We were a lot of teams I played for, we ran the ball a lot, so I had to block, I had to be a good blocker, and just talking to those guys are some of the generally most intelligent guys on the team. Those guys in the quarterbacks tend to be, yep, and their awareness, it's I liken it to the the clock that's in the quarterback's head for when he's got to get rid of the football. I feel like the inside line protectors. When they're pass protecting and they got their guy they're blocking, I feel like there's an inside clock in their head, particularly when they're getting away with a pretty easy block, that they know to, okay, now I have to look to my left or I have to look to my right if I'm the right guard, because there's going to be a stunt coming or there's going to be something right. else coming. And Wiz seems to have like a Spider Man sense of, like, let me just, and as he's turning his eyes, throw my fist out and knock that guy off balance. So just he enough to right? tee off on our quarterback.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the nice thing about Wiz too is, I think that clock is faster for him yeah. because he's seen so many more reps, you know, so he can get his anchor point and be able to look around quicker than any of the other guys. Even LDT, who I think is next in terms of experience. Mm-hmm. I think,
1: well, I think it's both that cause he's seen so much and nobody knows better than he probably how, much he's lost as far as speed and power and adjustability, so he's maybe gone, you know what, maybe I look, you know, (laughs) a quarter of a second earlier than I would have looked four years ago. Right. Just to make sure I get out ahead of that mess. Yeah. Because you don't want to be behind a nose tackle that's, if he's even, it's like wide receivers, the nose tackle's even, he's leaving, your quarterback's getting hit. You're not not catching up to the nose tackle once he's beside you. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing our run game this week. I do like the combo of, um, well, Darryl Williams and anybody. Yeah. Hey, you and me both. Honestly, I just think he's a little different than either guy. I like Damien. I don't think he's going to be ready. I think his ribs going to be bad. And I think that was a very cheap shot that the Chargers put on him because it looked like the guy punched him in the ribs as he went to the ground. And my buddy's like, maybe he's trying to knock the ball out. And I'm like, the ball was on the other side of the ball. Right. You did it wrong. And the guy landed <laughs> on him and punched him in the side. And he's just laying there <laughs> holding his ribs. But, uh, yeah, no, Shady, I mean, again, he had another fumble that luckily he got back against the Chargers. Makes me so queasy when he carries it. I get excited, and then I get really nervous, like right behind it going just... And I start shouting, hang on to the ball <laughs> at the television. Just right. hang on to the ball. There's bodies around you. Hang on to the ball. Get down. Just be like a Denver Bronco in the Peyton Manning years. Take the ball. Once you get in open space, run.
2: And as soon as there's bodies around you, just fall down. Right? Be done. It's maddening. I don't know. And Andy seems really comfortable with it. He saw it so much in Philly. Like, But I'm not used to it either. And I know that if you look at the stats in terms of like how many times he gives it up versus the carries, like he doesn't fumble that much. But it still looks just... Terrified. Yeah,
1: I think it's because he goes out there in such limited play for us that maybe if he had more carries, maybe he would have better ball security. I mean, that goes to reason most running backs, if they're cold off the bench and they come in, those first five or six carries, it's a little trepidatious. You're a little, mm, no, he's, gonna be, he's yeah. not ready. He's, everybody else is, he's not up to game speed yet. It's halfway through the second quarter. Everyone else has been hitting for 20 minutes, right? 22 minutes, and this guy's just taking his first snap. Maybe he's one of those guys that's got to get his bell rung a little bit to just get his head right to get ready to fight. And you know, after they've been in for a quarter, then I get a little less worried. Unless you know we're running away with the game out of the Tennessee game, and then it's a, we're getting kind of lackadaisical, and then they are still punching and scraping and right. scrapping at the ball, and then it gets popped out that way. Yeah, um, Damien, I think his fumbles—it's—it's—it's it's, it's more of a trying to do too much, not knowing when the play is over, and it's just like you're not. It's not worth the extra half yard. Yeah, just cover up. Risking turning the ball over. Just go you're grabbed. You're not getting away from three guys that have you. Yeah. Just eat it. Just take it right there and let's get up for another down. Yeah. Where shady is just that loaf of bread thing. I'm just like, man, he's <laughs> gonna throw a discus. What are you doing once you're yeah, running so right you far just, away from your body? Just stop. It's terrifying. And our defense. Getting Okafor back would be so huge. So nice. I mean, we're not gonna we're gonna miss Ogwa the rest of the year, I think. Yep. Um, I'm really excited to get Oakford back, if not this week, then next. Fuller, I want to see Fuller back in there just because I want to get one more one more stretch run out of him before he moves on, which is, I think, likely going to happen at the end of the season, especially if we draft somebody or yeah. or grab somebody younger in free agency, even though he's not that old. just He just hasn't been the same guy as the last year in Washington. Yep. And I want to see Damone Harris. I want to see what this kid's got because I just – his look, his build, his speed, his, like just everything it just kind of reeks of like an, an Okafor or or Ogba in the making. Yeah, I feel like he could he could excel to be one of those. I think that's his ceiling is one of those guys. I don't know what his floor is yet because I haven't seen it.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody has. Those? You know, the thing that I liked about him coming coming out of school was that he, he had good get off. Um, mm-hmm. He's more speed than power, but I wouldn't call him a, a speed rusher necessarily. He's no D Ford. Let's yeah. let's not confuse that first step with anybody right. else's. But he is more speed than anybody they have, including Tano Passanio, who I think when you look Mm -hmm. at him on a a telecast or even if you're on the field with him, he looks like he could be a speed guy. But he's his length gives that away that he really has to play with more power and play with his leverage. So Harris gives them something that I don't think they have right now on the roster. And maybe that's enough. I want to see him stand up. I want to see them use him as an additional pass rusher with the power ends still in there. Uh, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of hay to be made by substituting him in for one of those like, interior. Long, take out,
1: take out rags or somebody and put him on the edge and let him go. Absolutely, go get him. I hear you. That could be that could be a nice little choice. I'm curious. There was a little bit of talk last week about Andy um, kind of sandbagging a little bit, maybe hiding some stuff. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that he's been saving some stuff up for the, a this home game to entertain the fans with their last? go around with the Raiders and then be to obviously face the Patriots in a few weeks.
2: I certainly hope so. Otherwise it's been pretty boring. Um, particularly in the run game. Um, you haven't seen the jet sweeps as much. You've seen that one shovel pass to, uh, to Kelsey, right. You haven't seen Mm -hmm. those little pop passes in the backfield. None of that stuff has been done with enough volume to make any other team scared of it yet. And I think particularly this game against the, the Raiders, um, they got to do something interesting to make the Patriots study it, even if they're not going to use it. I mean, particularly if they're not going to use it against the Patriots, but put it on against the Raiders. So they got to watch it. and They got to do their homework.
1: Yeah. Waste some of their time on film, just looking at stuff that's not going to be a pertinent part of the game. I have a question for Andy Reid and all the uh, Chiefs coaching staff, if anyone out there. Happens to hear this, as they get really bored surfing the dial and just tune me in. Can we see some more McCole Hartman, please? Can we get the man the ball and let him do some things? The kid is electric. The kid makes some plays. And I'm not talking about on returns, because that one, he gets me a little nervous on the returns. I'd rather see Pringle doing that, honestly. I feel like McColl is a little more fumble prone yeah, that's fair. on returns, and I also don't want to get him knocked out. I don't want him getting crushed on a, on a kick return. Absolutely, when you know the very next play, he could take a fade down the sideline for seventy yards and just let Patrick throw it as far as he can. Yep, which no one can cover because the only guy in the field that
2: probably could stay with him is wearing number 10 in red. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to see the escort thing again like uh did to Damien. Oh, my gosh. But, but that that's a very good point. Though. And I've been dropping this stat all week on all the radio hits I've done and on all the pods because it's it's going unnoticed. And Michael Hardman, by next-gen stats, is the number one receiver in the NFL in terms of separation at the catch point uh-huh. when he is targeted. Now he's not getting that many targets. But when he is targeted, he is by far and away the guy that's farthest from the defense at that time. Yeah. And, I mean, even when
1: he's not, like that Titans, that Titans game, I'm, st- I'm sitting in the 300 level with fans. <laughs> and a lot of the fans don't oh, like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Earlier in the game, I go, that guy? Right. That guy's about, you know, he's pretty fast. And, oh, yeah, yeah, Tyree kill, Tyree kill. I'm like, okay. I'm just, like, letting him sit on that. <laughs> and then he got that jump sideways pass through through to mccall hardman and he caught it and he started to go and then you could see the titans like if there was like visual thought bubbles above their head the two DBs are just like (laughs) okay well we'll just close this gap right here and we're gonna and he scoots right in the middle of it and as soon as we was even with them i jumped out of my seat i'm like he's gone and the guy's like what are you talking oh my (laughs) god and he just like pulled away from it there's no understanding until um i think it was um Orlando Skandrick was on one of the talk shows and he was talking about it's very similar with Hardman, but he goes with Tyree Kill specifically. He's saying, you don't understand that speed until it's on top of you. Right. You're like, you're lined up, you're eight yards off, and he comes at you, and your brain can't can't grasp how quickly that eight <laughs> yards evaporated. <laughs> and when that eight yards is twenty and it feels like it's six, yep. it's overwhelming. It's your your legs start to turn to jelly and you're like it's everything you can do to not fall down. Like, remember the days of Randy Moss, when Randy Moss was first in the league and the Vikings and stuff? How many times did he have a ball coming and DBs would just fall down around him because they were so afraid to screw up? Or so, like, worried about him jumping or going or just watching him run away from them like a gazelle. Their legs would wobble and guys would, like, start. It's like, you're pro athletes. What are you doing? And they're like, right. But he's different. Yeah, He's not like us. He's an alien.
2: The brain shut down on that one. Honestly, on that play, my kids just got into and saw Top Gun for the first time. Okay. And my 11-year-old Afterburn. daughter, as that play's happening, she looks at me and she goes, Dad, where'd who go? Oh, nice. And I'm just like, nice. oh, classic.
1: I thought you were going to make an after reference, but yeah. Those two guys got caught in the drag oh. and you, all you could hear was do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> like they're pulling the eject button. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Right, Let's right. bail so we're not on oh, the Jumbotron on the instant replay. Yeah, right? Don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> well, going into this week's game with the Raiders, what is... If you had to pick something, what would be your biggest concern for the Chiefs to look out for?
2: Honestly, that they continue to play the guys that they have to play in order to stop the runs. Run first. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're good in DVOA in the passing game. Um, Yeah, there's a couple. Williams always has something on this defense. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to get some catches. But I've done a lot of analytical stuff with who's playing where and when. It's not just about playing more base defense. It's about who's on the field mm-hmm. and it's got to start up front. You got to play the guys. Pinnell has to start in the run game. Yeah, I still think in, unless Okafor is 100 percent, I still think Chris Jones should start outside. And I want to see Pinnell at least on first downs, be in there. You got to play Saunders at least 20 snaps any time that they fall below these thresholds. And I'll have a video out on it on Friday. They drop down. Below that, that's when the run game takes off, and even when Reggie's on the field, he's not able to compensate for it. Yeah, you see patterns of how they do in, in yards per carry, and then I look at that only because you know teams can just run it sixty times, and that's going to change the the daily total, mm-hmm. right? About how you give up in a game, but yards per carry, you got to have those big ends in there, even though I know you want to get pass rush. So to me, it's it's mostly on the coaching staff because. Everybody's going to make mistakes, but when those guys play the majority of the snaps against the run on first down, that's when they're able to stop the runners. If they do that and they get the Raiders in a situation where they're playing from behind and they need to throw the ball more, you're going to see something more like what the Jets did to them. Yeah,
1: and I really liked what uh, what Spags did with some adjustments in the game last week. I don't, I didn't do the analytics. I didn't dig into it. I just liked what I saw, which was mm-hmm. they... they they tightened everything up. They early in the game, you know, Gordon and and Austin Eckler. You got to respect those guys. Those guys can yeah. shake and bake and get out of there in a hurry. And after giving up, I think it was sixty nine yards on the first five carries. The rest of the game, they averaged one point nine yards a carry. Yeah, and you know they beat them. They pounded them out of their run attack. They just took it away from them. Like, no, you don't get to do that anymore. Right. And Philip was probably like, okay, well, I'll just throw it. Thanks for throwing it to How'd us. that work out for a you, lot. Phil? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right down to the end of the game <laughs> where my good friend, I want to save this one for you. He gets a lot of heck. Dirty Dan Sorensen, he has my first name. Uh-huh. He wears my number from Syracuse. He is my spirit animal. He is the guy that is underappreciated, oh. but he just, he makes at least a handful of plays like that every season. And I love that. And, I mean, that game. He does. You know, there was some stuff where he was like, it, it looked like, you know, if was somebody faster or somebody more cover savvy, it wouldn't have been a, a catch or might not have been. But he makes the tackles. He led the team in tackles. He got. He hits the guys and gets them on the ground. And I'll take that over a guy who's a little faster and maybe whiffs. We've had a few of those. Um, was it uh, Terrence? Yeah. A couple of years ago. Um, you know, he would, like, oh, uh, sure. play, like. Marcus Peters at his best one play, and the next play it's like the guy's twenty yards down the field past him, and he just whiffed. So you're like, what? What happened? Yeah. Dude. I mean, he's never he was never, um, you know, ten or five yards out of the out of the play entirely. But he just would have plays where he was, you know, in there, and the next play he's not. And Absolutely. I'd rather take a guy that's like, you know, he might give up a little bit, but he's going to hit you and he's going to put you on the ground. And if Thornhill can, you know, just yeah. make that next jump. And Matthew cannot feel it. I think the Honey Badger has a lot of weight on his back, and he's not showing it. He's not in interviews and stuff. He's like positive, and it's the team and all this stuff. But I think he feels it a bit. He knows he's got to carry a little bit extra. He's got to be looking out for guys a little. He can't just freelance and fly around back there like he's playing next to uh, Pat Peterson or something. You know, like there's, he doesn't have that guy back there that's going to cover up if he just, well, I'm just going to. I'm not supposed to be in the box in this play, but I think I see a run coming. I'm going to go up there and slobber knock this dude. If he does that in this defense, it could be a 60-yard touchdown pass on play action.
2: Right. Well, and that's the thing that I think I'm hoping that what we saw against the Chargers and him being able to freelance a little bit more, being more instinctual, Mm -hmm. is him getting more comfortable with Thornhill in particular. Yeah. Because I know when he goes into the season knowing that Thornhill's a rookie, he knows he's going to have to carry him, that he's going to have to help direct him to get him to that place. But now it felt to me like he felt freer. Mm -hmm. And that is a sign that he feels that Thornhill's progressing. Um, I don't think he's going to make huge leaps until next season. Um, And honestly, season three is where I think Thornhill will really hit his stride. But that fact allows Matthew to be Matthew. And that then again allows Dan to do what Dan does best and get in the box Mm -hmm. get close to the line of scrimmage. Because that's where he got beat up is when he had to be in space. But you put him up against the line. Honestly, if it's me... You put Dan up on the line, and you cram every tight end that tries to get off free yep. and let Dan do his job. He's got the body for it. That's how I'd be using him. Yeah, I'd cram the tight end or, or, or slip past the tight end if they're trying to run for a yard. Sure. Like he did a couple
1: times against the Patriots in the EFC championship game last year. Like that's, that's short yardage. He's great up there. Yep. And, you know, like you said, play the right guys. Play Pinnell. Play, you know, Jones on the outside. Just the idea of Jones and Frank Clark coming off the ends, Nadi and Pinnell in the middle, Saunders rotating with those guys, and Pasno come you know, rotating with the outside guys, and then coming in as a, a fifth guy yep. on short yardage to pass rush. Man, everybody just reach your arms out and and we'll be able to reach <laughs> from end sideline to sideline, just with those five guys, pretty much. Yeah. But where are you gonna run to? You're not running the football in this, and we're gonna come get your quarterback in the meantime. I'd like to see uh some more trickery from uh from Spaggs. I think I think he's mixed in the stunting and stuff nicely. I think they're again, I think he's trying not to show too much before the Patriots game. Yeah. And even then they gotta I mean they gotta keep something in the tank because, you know, playoffs are coming. Yeah. And that's likely gonna be a matchup that we may or may not have to face. A few people have uh espoused ideas of when they would like to if they had their druthers, when they would like to play the Patriots if it comes to that. Are you one of those that mm-hmm. believes you'd rather play them in like the, you know, the, the divisional round or something? Not don't let it get to the the conference championship right before the Super Bowl and all the eggs are in one basket and all the pressure's on their shoulders. But just I think you were one of those guys, right? Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I said it on the pod this week, and it was, it, and for me, it's twofold because a the deeper you go into the playoffs, the colder it's going to be, mm-hmm. and that just disrupts some things. But you have to go to Foxborough no matter what, at least the the way that it stands right now. So why not do it when you can take as much pressure off of everybody as possible? And for me, that says stay. If you end up the four, then you get them in the divisional round. And I feel like that is more optimal, even though they get the bye week. I don't think that's a a significant advantage for the Patriots because the Patriots are going to do what the Patriots are going to do. Right. It does give them, though. Not the extra week to prepare, because if you have to play that wild card, they still only have the same preparation time. So I feel like you can stow some things for later use and you can get it when it's not all eyes on you. There's more games. I just feel like for a young roster and a young quarterback, that helps. Another thing to consider, too, is in a divisional round, if it
1: ends up being um, Houston at Baltimore and Kansas City at Foxborough, and we win, and by some chance mm-hmm. we're ahead of Houston. Let's say, and by some chance Houston beats Baltimore, we could, for all intents and purposes, we could have the AFC championship in Arrowhead again. Houston coming to our house in the snow, in the cold. Absolutely, man. that doesn't that doesn't uh, that doesn't bother me. That makes me feel pretty good.
2: Yeah, right. And I'll tell you this too: Chiefs are finesse team. I think we all know that. That's why they've struggled to stop the run. That's why on offense they're not a grinded out running team. Right. Mm-hmm. I would wager without Devlin. The Patriots are similar to that. Yeah. But I would also say that I feel like the Texans are more physical, and the Ravens definitely are. So why don't you let those two beat up on each other? Yep. You play a finesse team and just try to out-calculate them, which I got to feel at this point they have a 50-50 chance at the very least. Yeah. And then see who's left standing from Houston and Baltimore. And One other thing I heard this week, too, was uh, Nick Wright was talking about it, um, and it
1: was making reference to the Patriots and – and Dallas Cowboys fiasco with the two tripping calls, where it's just like, <laughs> man, really? Like trying to backpedal and block a guy and their legs come into contact and that's a trip because that guy fell down. Yeah, I'm just watching that. And he just, the way he phrased it was perfect. I thought it was like when you're game planning for the Patriots, part of your game plan has to be there are going to be two to four calls in the game. That the Patriots are just going to get out of nowhere. You got to bake that into the game plan. Absolutely. Just okay. Well, no. And if this happens, on if we get a big gain and this happens, and we end up instead of first down, third and fifteen, then we come back right away with this play and try to counterbalance that with like get some momentum back right mm-hmm. away. At this instead of that shell shock moment of like oh shoot that was going to be a first down and now instead we're on our side of the field and it's third and long and not this is the thing though the caveat again to get into that is. We don't ever tend to get into that mindset. It seems because Pat's just like that's just more room to back up and throw the football. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just add five yards onto this one. It's okay. A 15 yard out instead of a five yard out does not scare that guy, right?
2: And you know, and I call, I call those restart plays uh-huh. when you get caught off guard with some call and the like. You said the Patriots always get those calls, but you're right. With Pat, everything's a restart play. It Doesn't care. He it, it, it could go downtown at any given moment, and I love that. Yeah, it's something that Brett Farve used to talk about. That on any given play, there's an option for me to go downtown. Yeah. And I, I love that Pat seems to have the same attitude. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think that has to be baked into the plan. And I got an argument with my co host this week because he doesn't feel like you, the refs are, are obviously officiating under fire this season in the whole league. And yes, you have to take that in account. But I, and I told him, I was like, if you're inside the staff and you know that Andy Reid is, generally not somebody that wants to run up a score on somebody. Right. You have to at least convince him. It's your job as a staff member this week to convince him we have to go in the fourth quarter up 14 or 17 at a very minimum because mm-hmm. they're going to get some calls. Something weird is going to happen. Yeah. And if the Patriots
1: play the Texans and either lose or have a close win,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it just emboldens us if we you know beat the brakes off the Raiders. If it's like 42 to 17, and we just are clicking and humming, and everything's looking great. We kind of need that momentum going up to Foxborough and in the weather and against the, you know, ever getting the calls, Patriots, which, you know, it's a kind of a goat thing. It's kind of an earned little, well, if there's any way we can push it that way, we're going to because it's Tom.
5: Yeah.
1: Um, I just feel like this week they need to get everything going. The running game has to get going, the passing game has to go the, the the run and pass D have to be sound. Mm-hmm. And solid, if not great. They just have to look really good across the board. And the big thing that a lot of people don't talk about, special teams. If the Patriots block one more punt, <laughs> I'm gonna pull my hair <laughs> out of my head. I don't blame you. This is not a Devin Hester type thing where it's like there's one phenomenal athlete or 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 Dante Hall where just like this guy can break it on it. There should not be guys blocking punts every week. I don't care who your pass rush team is. Unless you got Javon Curse on both ends, <laughs> you got Reggie White next to him on the inside, taking on two blockers. There shouldn't be a guy breaking loose on every. It happened to us. We had a we had a kick blocked. I will go to my grave saying that that guy jumped because the head went down. He moved, and then the ball came out. That's just me. That's my eyeballs. But it shouldn't be happening every week. No, it's just sloppy, sloppy play by teams that are intimidated. By the mystique. Yep. And now they came out this week and said that Tom well Tom was actually talking about being hurt, which you know, they're saying on a dispute. He doesn't he never talks about it. If it happens, they wrote they put it in the report, but you never see Tom talk about it. But he's saying something about his elbow. And I said, Yeah, that's their that's their just in case they don't win at all. That gives them their plausible <laughs> denial. denia quotes bill right a D. You know that Bill Belichick plausible deniability wasn't Bill's fault because Tom's elbow was hurt, so you can't put it on the
2: best coach ever, right? Well, and I've heard people reasoning that maybe Brady goes elsewhere if he really wants to play the forty-seven, and maybe that doesn't include Bill. Yeah, I think that's crazy because I don't think the two can coexist without each other myself. But I mean, if anyone's going to be able to truck on, it's going to be Belichick, in my opinion. So I don't see why it happened. Yeah, I mean. You know, the Patriots went eleven and five
1: with Matt Castle when Brady went down for a season. Yeah. Um that's coaching. That's not that's not Damn you, Scott That's Pioli. not Brady in a hoodie on the sideline magic. That's the coaching and that's the just right. fundamentally sound team that he's building every year. And I, I yeah. you know the rumors are out there and I think it's true that I don't think he wanted Jimmy to go anywhere. Jimmy G. I think he wanted Jimmy to stay. And they wanted to pay him and Kraft and Brady were like, No, we're not gonna we're not going to have that. Right. We're not going to
2: have a, a handsomer. <laughs> there will be no controversy.
1: It was funny. We were uh, at a sports bar, and, and um, we are watching the game, and this one lady who was a huge Patriots fan, friend of ours, and um, we are just like, have you seen the 49ers, QB? She, she was talking about how dreamy Tom Brady is, and we are like, but have you seen the 49ers, QB? He used to be, he goes, hey, didn't he used to back up Brady? I go, yeah, I go, you know what he looks like? She goes, no. Showed him, and she's like, oh, my gosh, he's better looking than Brady. It's not close. I'm like, that's why they call him Jimmy GQ baby
2: <laughs> somehow that never got into my evaluation i'm shocked you know right it's just it's uh i
1: don't know maybe he didn't want to be the pretty man on the block again it was just like now that 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 iowa corn cropper farmer son look wasn't really doing it for uh the ladies with jimmy g floating around So it's like let's get rid of that guy i'm sure that had nothing to do with it i think it was just the fact that In that system, Jimmy G was looking a lot better than he's looking in the 49ers system. He's had moments, right, with the 49ers, but he's had other moments where he's looked very normal. And that's the last thing I want to touch on was um, just the normalcy of it all with the the week to week, day to day, ADD assessment of quarterbacks. When Russell threw for five touchdowns against the Bucks, it was hands down, he's the MVP. Lock it up, yeah, super early in the season. Then a Rod does it against the Raiders, two of the worst. Secondaries in the league, by the way. Yeah. He gets five touchdowns against the Raiders. Let's lock it up. It's A Rod. And now, this past weekend, Lamar got five against the Rams, who, uh, listeners, are not the Rams of last year. It's not even close. They're not near the same defensive power they were a year ago. Yeah. Ask Jalen Ramsey. But he gets five <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, yeah. He gets five touchdowns, and they all, like, I mean, it seemed to be like, you know, my science teacher from grade seven could have thrown them because they were so close <laughs> to the end zone. The guy has five TDs with less than 170 yards passing. Do the math, people. It's not like he was bombing down the down the field like a a great field general. He's running all over, and Edwards and Ingram are running all over, and it's a great team effort. And they have a really good defense. But that again, it's you can't lock the MVP up yet. Yeah. Because while he's done that, he's had many a game where he's had zero or one touchdown passing. A Rod and Russell Wilson have, uh, I believe, eight and nine respectively. Yep where it's zero, one, or two touchdowns for A-Rod.
2: I'm just like, Pat is half of his games this season are three or four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, and he should definitely still be in the conversation. I lean towards Wilson still right now. That's just me. But, right. I mean, if Pat's going to be what he can be and he can get everybody else to participate these last stretch of games, what do we got, five games left? Yeah. There's no reason he shouldn't be there. I mean, was he Three hundred and twelve yards behind the leader now, and and he missed what? Uh-huh. Thir- not thirteen. No, he missed eleven quarters.
1: Missed ten quarters, basically. Yeah, ten quarters of football. Yeah.
2: So hey, two
1: two whole games and a half a game and a little bit more.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just he comes back off injury, does what he did against the Titans, and every week, week in and week out, it's like you know I'm not like gonna that one of those quote fantasy sites. I won't go into names and advertising, but that is, you know, (laughs) notoriously hard on quarterbacks and doesn't like to guesstimate what they're going to do very high. Week in and week out, it's like, oh, the forecast is, you know, 350 yards, three touchdowns. 373 yards, four touchdowns. 325 yards, four touchdowns. For Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else is like, well, you know, 280, maybe maybe two touchdowns, maybe one rushing. (laughs) You know, things like they all, like, hold back a little bit, but for him, it's like, it's going to be that, and For my dollars and cents, if he's doing that for the next five weeks, gets another 1,500 plus yards, gets another, you know, 12 to 15 touchdowns. Yep. I mean, it's going to be hard to argue that he's not up there. I know it obviously depends on what other guys do. The acid test for the Ravens is this week. I'm sorry, but that I've watched every 49ers game this year because my buddy's a big fan. They're for real, man. They're coming. Yeah. They're coming to eat your lunch and everybody talks about well Russell beat the Russell did not beat the Forty ers <laughs> Jadavian Clowney and the Seahawks defense beat the Living Tar out of the 49ers when they weren't having their offense get the Living Tar beat out of them by the Forty ers defense. That was a defensive battle to end all defensive battles, and the Forty ers missed a field goal and the Seahawks kicker didn't. Yeah. I mean, one touchdown and one interception is not a is not a glorious MVP type game.
2: Yeah. But that's what it all comes back to me. And a fumble, a fumble loss for a touchdown. Sorry, that was the other thing. A fumble loss for a touchdown as well. For me, though, that's what the whole award comes back to. It's not the best quarterback in the league. It's the MVP. Who's the most valuable to your roster? Mm -hmm. And that's how I would make the argument for Mahomes because Wilson, um, Lamar certainly, but almost anybody else that you can put in there has a good, not an average, a good defense yeah. backing them on the other side. You can't say that about Pat Mahomes. So And a good to great run game. True. And so that even emphasizes even more so just how valuable Patrick is because he is the most valuable because without him, no offense Matt Moore and they they bucked up for him but I don't think you win as many games nearly without Patrick. Yeah. The problem is people start looking at stats
1: stat sheets and stuff and I've not been one to say we have a great run game. We I think we have a solid run game It's not it's it's borderline good when we actually apply it, but it's solid. It's not it's not even good or great Mm-hmm. So like solid to me is if it's third and two at the end of the game against the Titans Bring everybody that's big onto the field and get two yards and get the hell out of Dodge Don't play around don't get fruity with stuff and exactly I mean Patrick's back there still there's always a concern that hey He might take it and he might throw it or he might roll around
2: the end and just go for it yeah, I think I think the game against the Chargers Put that fear into some people That, oh, wait a minute, he is still an athlete He's not Lamar, but he's still an athlete Oh yeah, that was nice,
1: 60 yards rushing Yeah, right Went down to 59, said to kneel off in victory formation But I'll take that loss of a yard yeah. any day Absolutely But uh, those other teams, I mean, the, the Ravens they came out and, and put, you know, the Rams on notice right out of the gate. We're running the ball down your throat because we don't think you can do anything about it. Yeah. And they couldn't all night long. Booger McFarlane said something to the effect of, well, you know, the, the Chiefs game, sure, they won, you know, but, you know, he tried to justify go Well, they, they took them out of the game. They weren't able to run the ball. They ran the ball for 203 yards, Booger. They ran the ball plenty. Yeah, let's talk about
2: that opening drive in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> What was it, seven straight runs or something? Yeah. When it's six nothing, then you go for two and you miss it. Yeah. Because your running quarterback gets
1: tackled before he gets the end zone against the Chiefs. And then you go into the end of the quarter six to nothing. That was your chance. Yeah. That was your chance to, like, that quarter was your chance. The next quarter, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense explode for 23 points. All of a sudden, you're down 23 to six. As time starts to get smaller, your ability to stick with the run late in the game. It's gets more difficult because you're not tearing off 60-yard runs. Yep, You're taking chunks. And then, oh, by the way, when it's third and short and the other team has Dura Williams back there and he tears off a 40-yarder because you think he can't run, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Guess what? And we didn't even have our full complement of offensive line then. So yeah. I'm looking forward to things going forward. Um, hopefully we can chat again in the next couple of weeks, maybe after the Patriots game. For sure. Especially if it's a win. If it's a win, let's lock it in right now. If it's a loss, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll have to figure out who I want to commiserate with because I don't want us to both be on here crying. Yeah. You know what I'll be complaining about. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's the like I said, bake it in. Bake it in, fans. Expect two or three phantom ridiculous calls and just hope that our team is like the team last year where Patrick, it just seemed to not bother him. He's just like, whatever, let's just go play. Doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go get it. Next. The rule used to be there's no call for third and 21. There actually is. It's play number 15 that's the call <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's pat's choice is what we're gonna call that yeah all right man well you have a great thanksgiving you too everybody we're, we're doing this on wednesday before the holiday so i just want to tell everybody th- happy thanksgiving out there hope you had a lot of good turkey and yams and whatever else you guys do for your traditions ryan hopefully your family have a great one You too, bud. I hope you guys
2: enjoy, and all your listeners enjoy your holiday as well.
1: Yeah, and we're going to come out of this holiday and go into Raiders Week. Oof. So go from a great experience to one of the most hated rivals (laughs) in the (laughs) AFL and the AFC West, and let's keep owning them. Go get them. Go Chiefs.
0: Outspoken Raiders coach John Gruden shares his thoughts on Hunter Renfro's injury as well as preparing for the Chiefs this week
6: have you guys made any roster adjustments if you do know about Hunter Renfro yet whether his situation is yeah
0: he won't play this week
3: in Kansas City he's out so that's an adjustment that we have to make and um, obviously with the newcomers that we've added on defense we need to catch our breath and, and help these guys continue to um, get acclimated to the big picture of our of our <coughs> system and it trickles down to special teams you know so um, we took advantage of uh, a lot of time, got a lot of work done today, although it was a little bit different. Is
6: Renfro, do you think, will he will he play this year, you
3: think? I don't know. Uh, right now we're listing them as week to week. We're not gonna mess around with the rib lung area, um, but right now he won't play against the Chiefs. I know he wants to play. He, he feels good, but until we get, um, until we get the green light from the training staff, he won't play.
2: That's how guys played in season week, Two. It was a, it was a weird game. You know, they, they went scoreless in all quarters but the second quarter. Um, that game was so long ago. Can you still use that game tape and it be useful or has it been so long that you kind of throw that out and, and start anew as you prep?
3: We use it. You know, we expect them to do some of the things that uh, worked. Again, I would. And, uh, you know, you get a chance to see how you match up personnel-wise with some of their guys. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of value in looking at that game, and you gotta take uh, take it with a grain of salt because nothing stays the same in this league.
4: With Waller over the last month, how have teams been defending him? Are, there, are they are you seeing defenses really
3: concentrate and focus to take him away? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, also, we've been distributing the ball pretty good. I mean, we've made an effort to uh, use all five eligibles. We've tried to get Renfro more involved than we have. We've tried to get Tyrell back in the in the in the flow of things after being out for a while, so uh, we're going to continue to do that. But when you're a, a good player like Waller is, uh, you become a, a primary target for defenses to try and stop. What have you seen in your offensive line the last two games? Any, any slippage at all? What have you seen from the, the line? Ah. Uh, You know, I think they played pretty good. You know, we had a a false start at the one-yard line against Cincinnati. We fumbled the ball at the eight-yard line. It would have been uh, statistically a pretty good day had we not done those two things. Uh, The jet game, I take credit for. We didn't (coughs) catch the ball. I can't blame the line for that. The stats running the ball aren't as good. Uh, I think we all take that personal. But, um, you know, it's a hard thing to do in this league, which is run the ball the way we run it. We're not running options and scrambling for yards. We're turning around and handing it to a back. And we're doing it in some predictable situations. So we just got to keep working. But I love our line. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to need them to play great for sure uh, on Sunday.
6: Some of the the talk about the weather and whatever difficulties you may or may not have in the weather. Considering the way you guys run the ball and the way you're built, shouldn't you guys be equipped to do well in, in bad weather?
3: You would think so. You know, it's, so, you know, it's, it's hard on uh, any team uh, to fly Friday and get in your room at 2 o'clock in the morning, Friday night, and play at 10 a.m. your body clock time on Sunday. It takes a little experience. I'm not going to, again, make any excuses, but we're the king of the road, man. We're the traveling road show, and it ticks me off in a lot of ways, certainly, but uh, we have to do it again on, uh, on Friday. We got to get on a plane on Friday and go to Arrowhead and, and play one of the best teams in football, in one of the great, great places to play. Uh, I love going there and playing. It's a cool place and hopefully it brings out the best in us.
5: Come back to Waller, if, if teams do focus on a guy and they try to shut him down, is that on a player to try to beat coverage or is that schematically something to figure out? To try to yeah, it's
3: trying to both. Counter? Yeah, it's both. Usually, you know, a great player sees their best player if they're going to play one-on-one and, um, you know, it's not real hard to disrupt the tight end on the line of scrimmage or play zone coverage do something to try to slow him down, but uh, he's still statistically getting things done and making a big impact on the game.
6: So for the most part, sending drops really haven't been an issue with the receivers this season. Is there anything the week after a game like that that you do to, to address that?
3: Yeah, Not really. You know, it's... I try not to make an over... Um, overanalyze it. You know, sometimes the more you talk about something, the more it happens. We have good receivers. We have really good receivers that are getting better and better. Uh, Sunday was a setback, but I'm going to try to look at things uh, positively, and I got a lot of confidence in our guys.
5: We've talked a lot about the success of the young players, but they haven't really been through something like Sunday. Do you feel that they were they were okay coming out of that and yep. mentally? Yep. Yeah. It was football.
3: There's a lot of teams that got their got their uh, eyes opened. We're not the only ones. This is a tough league, and. Um, we have to, uh, we got to get on a plane Friday and go on the road and, and, and play a team as good or better.
6: It's been Joyner's progress.
3: Yeah, pretty good. We hope to have him back. He took some turns today and uh, uh, got the game plan. He's been out for over a, a couple weeks now, which has really been a, a big deal for us. You know, when you lose two safeties, your nickel and your linebackers, it's, it's, uh, it's been tough. But uh, we do think he has a real good chance to
5: play asking about to Kirby Wilson. How big a part has he played in Josh's development this year?
3: Yeah, big. Not only Josh, but Alec. You know, he's he's a great coach. He was with me in Tampa, and um, he's coached some of the best runners in the league. He has a lot of credibility. I think Josh looks up to him that way. You know, when you coach Adrian Peterson and Emmitt Smith and Le'Veon Bell and Mike Allstott, some of these guys, and you got a lot of playoff experience, I think um, it rubs off on you. But he's He's really good at, at, at coaching running backs, um, teaching them pass protections, how to read things, how to take care of their body, and how to be an every down back. And uh, I give him a lot of credit. It's great having him here.
0: For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.